Sorta Kinda Superpowered by James Kennison. Chapter 3. Joseph entered the house and walked into the TV room to see his grandfather. Joseph loved Grandpa. He leaned over, put his arms around Grandpa's thinned, pale shoulders, and gave him a careful hug. Hey, Grandpa, he said. Grandpa didn't answer. He couldn't. Grandpa didn't hug back. He couldn't do that either. Pretty much all Grandpa could do was sit in his powered wheelchair and watch the news channel all day. Some crazy stuff happened today, Grandpa, Joseph told him. I gotta go explain it to Mom. I think I've worked out what to say. I'll see you later. Joseph walked into the kitchen and plopped down in his spot at the table. His mother had poured herself a glass of sweet tea and was already sitting. The third chair sat empty. It had been Dad's spot. You're not in trouble, his mom said with a tired smile. I'm going to tell you what I heard, and then you're going to tell me what actually happened. Sound good? Joseph nodded. So he wasn't in trouble. Nice. I got a call from the school nurse. Mrs. Doris told her that you and Clovis were sitting on the bus just talking, and out of nowhere, you start screaming and backing away from him. They didn't know if he had hurt you or threatened you or what. You apparently jumped back so hard that you dented the wall of the bus and broke the window. Then you jumped over the seat and started screaming at your classmates and Mrs. Doors, and then you passed out on the floor. She took a breath. Does that sound about right? Joseph nodded his head. First off, Clovis didn't do anything to me. He didn't threaten me or anything. Well, I figured that, said Mom. When you think of Clovis, beatdowns and threats aren't the first thing that come to mind. That's true, Joseph said. Clovis was a good friend, but he wasn't a very tough or scary friend. Speaking of Clovis, said Mom, looking over Joseph's shoulder. She was pointing at the back door. Clovis had just walked in without knocking again. Darn, Clovis said, and walked back outside. He knocked, waited, and came back in after Joseph's mom said, Enter! Clovis came into the kitchen and sat down in the empty chair, Dad's chair. You okay? He asked Joseph, and then smirked. What happened to you? You still scared of me? I was never scared of you. You just... I just... Just hold on. It was time to tell everything. The truth. The whole truth and all of that. I'm glad you're here, man, he said. You'll need to back me up on some of this, and the rest we'll just figure out once we get there. He told his mom about the field trip, about seeing Dr. Superior at the window, how they saw him save the people from the roof. He told her about the buses being moved and seeing Dr. Superior fly right over their heads, and then about the pin that smacked him in the face and about the weird things it could do. With Clovis's help, he even showed his mother how the pin would fly across space and into his hand. Joseph's mom drank her tea and listened and watched. Her expression didn't change a bit. Even when the pen zipped from hand to hand, she had never been impressed with magic tricks, and Joseph could tell that's exactly what she thought he was doing. And if she hated that, she's really going to hate the rest of this, Joseph thought. Well, here we go. After we found that the pen had magnetic powers, he said, I, I pinned it on my shirt. He swallowed hard. I put the pen on. I looked over at Clovis. He jousted his finger at Clovis's nose, and he looked like he didn't have any skin at all. Mom's expression changed a bit. She raised an eyebrow. I must have looked so awesome, Clovis said, pulling at the skin on his face. I couldn't see anyone's skin. That's why I started screaming, Joseph said. He put his hands on the table and leaned in towards his mother, as if strong body language would help him convince her. I didn't know what was going on, Joseph said. Everyone looked like red, gross monsters. Mrs. Doors was coming at me from one way, the kids from the other. 
It was too much for me, and I guess I just passed out. Joseph's mom sat staring at the table for a moment, running her fingers along the condensation on the side of her glass, then looked up. Joseph, I believe you. I believe you think you saw these things. A look of concern spread across her face, and that worries me. I know things haven't been easy for you with Dad gone. Maybe you did have some sort of panic attack like the nurse said. You do realize that what you saw wasn't real, don't you? Yes, I do, he said quickly. They had skin. I just couldn't see it. Couldn't see what? She asked. She looked even more concerned, which was not the effect Joseph was going for. He said he couldn't see the skin, Clovis said loudly, as if Miss Gardner were hard of hearing. I heard what he said, Clovis. Thank you. Joseph, if you think this explanation is helping me understand, it's not. I'm about two minutes from calling a doctor. Joseph leaned in close again. I'm not crazy, Mom. When I put the pin on, my eyes work different. When I wear it, I can see through things. I want to believe you, hon, she said, but you've got to make it easier for me. I'll show you, Joseph said. He walked to the center of the kitchen and looked up at the cabinets over the stove. Ask me what's behind any of those doors, Joseph said, and I'll tell you what I see. You check if I'm right and then you'll know. What's behind that one? Clovis asked ahead of Miss Gardner. He was eager to believe. Inside his mind, Joseph asked to see through the selected cabinet door. He felt a prickly wave of energy flow up his neck, through his head, and into his eyes. The door faded away, but he couldn't see what was inside the cabinet. The door's closed. It's too dark inside, Joseph said. Uh, pick something else. His voice faded as he looked around, trying to find another way to prove his ability. He thought about the dishwasher, but anyone could guess what was in a dishwasher. No powers needed there. He flashed a look under the floor and saw tightly packed dirt, some roots, and even a mole. But without being able to rip up the floor to prove it was there, there was no point in mentioning it. Please, God, I don't want my mom worried about me, he silently prayed. Let's try something else, he said. Before I saw through everyone's skin, I was able to open the bus window super easy, Joseph explained. That's right, Clovis said. They were stuck. I couldn't budge them. And then he popped them right open. I must have some sort of extra strength, Joseph said, looking around again for a way to prove his claim. His mother, trying to seem supportive, looked around as well. Pick up the table, she said, with one hand. She raised her other eyebrow. She and Clovis slid back from the table and waited. Joseph stepped up and put his hand around one of the legs. Hold on my tea, his mother shouted. She grabbed the glass and sat back. Joseph tightened his grip, closed his eyes, and lifted. He felt energy flow into his arm like slow electricity. Soon his arm was above his head, and he eased open one eye, focusing upward. The table was in the air, the top touching the ceiling. He had nearly hit the kitchen light with it. Everyone was suddenly on their feet. Joseph's mom started laughing with excitement. Clovis gave a little scream and then slapped his hands on his mouth. Put it down, boy, Mrs. Gardner said. Oh, my stinking goodness, son. You apparently have a little magic pen that gives you powers. You said you could see through stuff, too? Is there anything else? I can float, Joseph said quickly. No way, let's see, Clovis hollered. Joseph thought about rising off the floor. Again, he felt the strong static ease down into his feet and legs. He rose slowly and then stopped about four inches from the floor. This sent his mother back into howling laughter. She fell into her chair, clapping her hands, nearly rocking back into the wall. She screamed out something like, That is so cool! Clovis dropped down and put his head to the ground to see the gap between Joseph's shoes and the floor. He slid his hand back and forth through the space. You have abilities, he said, like one of the empowered. Maybe you're becoming one. 
We have got to test this out and see how much you can do. Joseph touched back down and walked over to his now breathless mother. He could finally explain properly. I put on the pen. I could suddenly see through things just a bit. That's why everyone looked like they didn't have skin. And when I jumped back, my strength ability must have kicked in, and that's how I broke the window and dented the bus. I didn't mean any of it. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what the pen was doing. His mother stood. She hugged him. I'm so glad you're not crazy, she said. You had me worried there, bud. Even though Joseph's mom was amazed with her son's power, she still had concerns and rules. First, the pen stayed home. He was not allowed to take it to school, church, or anywhere else. Second, he could use the pen inside the house or in the backyard only. Third, no one was allowed to know about the pen or the powers except the three of them. It might belong to somebody, she said, or it could be a gift. Either way, we need to make sure we take care of it and keep it close. Joseph remembered, keep me close from thieving claws. Joseph lay on his bed that night, his mind ablaze with thoughts, questions, and possibilities. Why was the pen attracted to him? What were the powers for? He thought of the message that had played behind his eyelids. Whoever had the pen, their life would improve. Being selfless would bring great power, it said. Selfishness would not. Then the bit about bravely battling evil. Was he going to become an empowered? He slept. He dreamed about capes and costumes, flying and rescuing, bank robbers and kidnappers. He dreamed about the empowered, Miss Model, Captain Mighty, and Dr. Superior, flying, diving, passing them in the air, and giving them empowered high fives. He dreamed of his family, his mom, dad, grandpa. Mom beamed up at him from the ground as he flew past. She was shining bright like an angel, so proud of him. His father, however, was turned away, his back to them all staring into his own dark shadow. He cast a glance up at Joseph, then jerked his head back down to the darkness, unimpressed. Grandpa, so still, so frail, usually so emotionless, he was looking up. He was smiling wide. School the next day was more difficult than normal. Nothing was different. Joseph was just very aware of how much easier things would be if he had brought his pen to school. He opened his locker after second period, only to find the book he wanted wasn't there. It was in his bag all along. See-through vision would have come in handy, he thought. Later, he tried to open the bathroom door and didn't realize that two seventh graders were holding it shut. Sure would have been nice to be able to push that door wide open with no effort and see the look on their faces, he thought. Even sitting at a desk made him wish for his floating ability. A little hovering would make a perfect cushion. After school, he and Clovis met in Joseph's backyard. Oh, those are very practical uses, Clovis said, rolling his eyes after Joseph told him about his unempowered day. I wonder why your mom wouldn't let you bring it. I doubt it would have done me any good anyway, Clovis said. He told Clovis about the message the pen had showed him on the bus. Selfish gain will not work out, Clovis quoted. Yeah, there's no way the pen would have let you butt hover in your desk. And even if it did, you'd probably want to show people... How could you not want to show that off? And when you did, someone would be all, Joseph has a magic butt. And then the whole school would know about it in seconds. Someone would want to put it online. And then the news people would want to hear about it. And before you knew what happened, a bunch of guys would be busting through your windows and wrapping your house in plastic like an E.T. all because of your magic butt. But what good are powers if I can't use them, Joseph sighed. What use are they if I have to keep them a secret? Don't worry about that right now, Clovis said. We haven't even tested your powers. 
How much can you lift? How much can you hover? How deep does your vision go? Can you see through clothes? These are important questions. Let's worry about what you have before we worry about what we're going to do with it. That's pretty deep, Joseph grinned. He placed his hand on Clovis's shoulder. You should write it down, Clovis came back with a grin, like a special message on the back of your eyelids. Joseph pushed him over. For the next few days, Joseph rushed home after school, hugging Grandpa, grabbed a snack, did his homework, and met up with Clovis in the backyard. Clovis was keen to test the limits of the pen's powers. The meetups were easy since their backyards were connected. Joseph's house was just behind Clovis's. There was even a gate between so they didn't have to hop the fence. The first day they tested his new vision. He could see several layers into things, but it seemed different for each item. He could see into a house. He could see through a house and into the backyard, but microwaves, refrigerators, washing machines, air conditioning units, and attic fans were left in full view as if they'd been installed in a house without walls. Yet if he were to walk into the house and focus on just the refrigerator, he would be able to see into it and through it easily. Most things he looked through were dark inside. The ability was neat, but it wasn't turning out to be very useful. Your vision seems to be based on the complexity of the item, Clovis had said. Things with a lot of parts and layers are harder to see through. It made sense. On the second day, they tested Joseph's extra strength. The only heavy thing they could find was a concrete block. This is not going to work, Clovis said. Follow me. And they went over to Clovis's back patio where a bench press sat unused. Joseph could tell because there were several potted plants on it. My dad bought it for me for last Christmas, trying to bulk me up, I guess. Clovis loaded up the barbell with two 50-pound weights and two 25s. That's 150 pounds plus 35 pounds for the bar, so 185 pounds total, Clovis told him. Joseph lay back on the bench, grabbed the bar, and easily lowered and raised the weight several times, seemingly with no effort. Put on more, Joseph said. Put them all on. So they did. Clovis counted four 100-pounders, four 50s, four 20s, and two 10s. 735 pounds, Clovis shouted. You know this is ridiculous, right? If you didn't have powers, this would be the stupidest thing ever. Heck, it still might be. I feel like we should have a fire extinguisher for some reason. He pulled his phone out and typed in 911 and set it aside just in case. The bar bent and creaked under all the weight. Clovis stood in position behind the bench. I hope you're not about to crush yourself, he said. Well, if I can't get it back up, you're not going to be able to lift it, so just start sliding plates off the bar. Okay, Clovis said. Don't die on my back porch, please. Joseph lifted. No problem, he grunted. He lowered the bar slowly, his teeth gritted, his arms shaking. Okay, maybe a little problem, he said, looking up at Clovis with wide eyes. The whole barbell started leaning to the left. Clovis quickly jumped over and pushed the left side to get it balanced again. He succeeded. The bar continued to creak under all the weight as Joseph lowered it to his chest. Clovis gave him a thumbs up. Joseph's face was red and quivering. His arms burned. He wanted to let go, but he knew he would probably smash his rib cage. A loud mechanic squeal rose over the sound of Joseph grunting. The barbell was failing. The weights bent lower and lower on each side. Suddenly, the barbell snapped in half with a loud crack, and the weights crashed to the floor on each side, the left half landing only inches from Clovis's feet. Big problem, Joseph said, rolling his head to each side, holding the freshly snapped barbell pieces in his hands. Not a problem. Clovis pointed to at least five other barbells leaned in the corner. 
No one's going to notice anything except the plants were moved. My dad will be thrilled thinking I've been working out. If it hadn't snapped in half, were you going to be able to lift it back up? Clovis asked. I don't think so, Joseph said. I was about to lose it. It was all I could do to keep it from smashing me. He sat up and wiped the sweat off his forehead. So I have extra strength, but not unlimited strength. 700 and whatever pounds is still a lot, Clovis commented. I could barely bench the bar. Day three, they decided to test his hovering ability. He had only tried it three times before, and only a few inches each time. Both of them were eager to see what more he could do. I'll bet you could fly, Clovis said, as he stepped into Joseph's backyard. I hope so, said Joseph. That would easily be my new favorite power. If you can fly, we're going to have to watch out, though. If anyone sees you or even worse videos you, that junk would go viral overnight and it's back to scientists and government people wrapping your house in plastic again. So unless you've got flying bikes, we need to be careful. I've only gotten off the ground a few inches, Joseph said casually. Don't get your hopes up. But Joseph did have his hopes up, way up. They decided at school during lunch that day that they were going to try different tests. The first test would be to see how high he could get off the ground. Then he would pick up something heavy to see if it changed how high he could get. Then, if the other tests went well, they planned to have him jump off the roof. They shared the test plans with Joseph's mom. She was fine with everything except the roof jumping part. She suggested using a ladder and jumping from one step and working their way up. Just because you can hover and have extra strength doesn't mean your bones will be able to handle any of this, she said. They dragged an old A-frame ladder out of the garage into the backyard and got ready for the first test. Clovis climbed the ladder and perched himself on top. He pulled a stopwatch from his pocket and started beeping buttons. Why the stopwatch? asked Joseph, fastening the pin to his shirt. What are you going to time? Well, I thought of another test at home. We should find out how long you can stay up. That's a good idea, said Joseph. If I end up 50 feet in the air, I'd like to know I'm not going to randomly fall out of the sky. Or if I am, I'd like to know when. Exactly, Clovis said. I thought of one other test. What is it? Joseph asked. Clovis was suddenly sheepish. He didn't say anything. Joseph looked up at his friend. He had a feeling he already knew what it was. It's just that Clovis cleared his throat. We should probably, I mean, I'm a huge Dr. Superior fan, and well, don't you? I think we should find out if the pen will work on someone else, Joseph said. Clovis's face brightened. I'm sure mom won't be interested. Can we test it on you? I know it won't work, Clovis said quickly. On the bus, it was clear the pen preferred you over me, but the things you can do are so amazing. I thought maybe I could be amazing too. Joseph looked his friend straight in the eyes. You don't need a pen for that, he said. You're the best friend I've ever had, and I want you to try out the pen. Now, if you want. Clovis smiled and pushed the start button on his stopwatch. Not right now, dude, he said, because you're four feet off the ground right now and you don't even know it. Joseph looked down and instinctively reached for Clovis as if he might fall. Clovis laughed and pushed Joseph away. Joseph slipped back a few feet, a look of panic on his face. Well, what do you know, Clovis laughed. Hover boy is afraid of heights. It looks a lot higher than four feet from up here, Joseph said, his arms flailing about trying to keep balance. Yeah, yeah, Clovis said, still laughing. You keep telling yourself that. When the stopwatch beeped at the two-hour mark, the boys were bored with hovering. They did manage to make some observations in that time. Joseph could hover off the ground to a maximum height of four feet. If he jumped up using his extra strength, he could get to five feet before descending back down to four. He could move around by leaning slightly in the direction he wanted to go. 
The more he leaned, the faster he would go. His maximum speed seemed to be the same as his running speed on land. Joseph tried to lean all the way over horizontally as he had seen Dr. Superior do, hoping for more speed, but he couldn't do it. It felt as if he were standing on a small platform, and if he leaned too much, he would fall off it. They found that he was able to lift heavy objects without it affecting his hovering height, but it did affect how fast he rose from the ground. The heavier the load, the slower the ascent. The last test, jumping off something high, proved that Joseph's mom was right in keeping them off the roof. They hoped, after Joseph's jump, that his hover power would kick in fast and strong enough to keep him from hitting the ground. Using the ladder, he jumped off one step, then the next. With each jump, he hit the ground before hovering back up. It was like he was jumping into a barely inflated invisible bounce house. With every step higher, he hit the ground harder, so he called it quits on the fourth step. The hover power wasn't enough to keep him up while falling. Yet another limit to his new powers. There was no doubt in Joseph's mind that jumping off the roof would have resulted in a trip to the hospital. Good call, Mom, he thought. It was starting to get dark outside. The crickets were chirping. Clovis folded the ladder and started around the house toward the garage. Aren't you forgetting something? Joseph said with a grin, holding the pin out to his friend. Clovis dashed over and worked his pin into his shirt before the ladder even hit the ground. He spun the class step back and he looked into Joseph's hopeful eyes. Clovis closed his eyes hard and thought about floating as hard as he could. Nothing. Why don't you try, Joseph offered, but Clovis was headed for the ladder. He picked it up and with some effort lifted it above his head. It feels a bit lighter, he said. His eyes were also sad. His arms started quivering while his teeth were clenched tight. He let the ladder fall, stepping out of the way as it smashed down. I'm fine, he held up his hand before Joseph could say anything. I knew it wouldn't work. It was just a test. Clovis, I'm sorry, Joseph said, and he truly was. Look, I don't even know why it works for me, why it chose me. I don't know where it came from or even what good I'm going to be able to use it for. He walked over and clapped the side of Clovis's arm. But I do know this. You and I are a part of a huge secret, he said. And it doesn't matter who has the powers because it's going to change both our lives forever. Clovis looked up slowly. His eyes were wet, but a smile spread across his face. And you know what else? Mrs. Gardner said through the open back door, startling them a bit. That pin didn't just come to my son. It came to both of you. So whatever it's for and whatever good you boys do with it, it'll be because the both of you did it together. Thank you, Mrs. Gardner, said Clovis softly, wiping a stray tear from his cheek. Just do me a favor and keep my boy from killing himself, she said as she closed the door. He's all I've got left. Joseph walked over to the ladder. She's right, you know, Joseph said. It came to both of us. Clovis unlatched the pen, slid it off, and handed it back to Joseph. I gotta go. My mom will be home from work soon, Clovis said. I'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Clovis took off toward the back gate and disappeared into the darkness. Joseph looked down at the ladder. He shrugged his shoulders. Why not, he thought. He fixed the pin to his shirt and spun the clasp. He picked up the ladder and struggled with it all the way around the house to the garage. The short trip left him sweaty and breathless. He remembered what the message had said. Selfish gain will not work out. Even when carrying a ladder? Oh, come on. This concludes Chapter 3. Visit SortaKindOfSuperpower.com for updates, hero illustrations, and more.